Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Lance Johnson, one of the coaches at Agency Hacker, and I'm here with Jessica Cavanaugh-Huang, and she is the owner of the illustrious Restaurant Marketing, um, and she's located in Orange County, California. So welcome to the show, Jessica. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm so excited. It's my first podcast, so looking forward to the chat. Well, shout out to your agency. They nailed it with your background. For anybody watching on video, it is a champagne plus cool sign plus light colors. It's it's a really lovely background. Thank you. Yeah, their uh, their name's House of Design in Orange County. I'll absolutely pass that on. They will be thrilled. They will be thrilled to know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, Jessica, I know that you have flown under the radar for a while, but I'd love to hear a little bit about restaurant marketing. What do you guys do? I'm going to take a wild guess about who you do it for, but just give us a rundown on who restaurant marketing is and what you all do. Yeah. So restaurant marketing is an agency that specializes in marketing restaurants. Sure. That's not a surprise whatsoever, given that is the name of our company. Um, (laughs) What we focus on is sort of the branding side of things. Um, A lot of times restaurants sort of piecemeal how their brand looks so it looks one way on their website and then it'll look Mm. one way on their their social media and then they'll have in-store marketing and that'll look a different way right and so a lot of what we do focuses on tightening that up coming in refreshing the look in some instances um we do email marketing and then uh one of our core uh core services is social media so obviously we've transitioned into video and, and whatnot, right? Because the market has shifted quite a bit since TikTok has rolled out. So that's that's what we focus on. Um, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, we, you know, we deal in food. So we talk about food, we look at food, we edit food. <laughs> um, we're eating all the time. It's a lot of fun. Champagne comes into play sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful game. Absolutely. <laughs> Always. <laughs> So you all are based in Orange County. Do you serve restaurants across the nation, across the world, across California? Where are your customers located in general? So a lot of our customers are located in Orange County, so Southern California. Um, We've recently uh, been able to sort of branch out. So we've had customers or clients rather in Chicago. We've had clients in Atlanta. Um, We... A lot of our customers, though, also deal across states. So one of our biggest clients would be Yogurtland. You know, they have quite a um, quite a few locations across the nation. Um, you know, we're in the midst of solidifying a, a contract with the Halal guys. They have locations yeah. across the nation as well. So um, we're definitely starting to branch out of the SoCal area, but the majority of them are here. That's so cool. How did you get in touch with like the halal guys and some of these franchises? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of time when people say like, you know, when you have a business, it's about working hard, but it's also, I think about who you know and your relationships. And so when I started to go down this road of really kind of inserting myself into food, because I I really just have more of a tech background, um, which we can talk about a little bit later, but um. I made a lot of really good relationships when I worked at a company called Postmates. I think everybody kind of oh, yeah. at this point. Um, yep. So I, you know, I was just, I interfaced with a lot of C-level, uh, C-suite uh, for some of the biggest brands, I would say, in the nation. And so I just kind of 
you know, I just kept those contacts. And when I decided to do my agency full time, you know, I reached out and, you know, sometimes things take a couple months, sometimes things take two years. <laughs> and in this case, yeah. it two years, um, but here we are. So, um, yeah, just through good relationships and, you know, continuously putting myself out there. So. No, that makes total sense. And I think we should backtrack, like you said. So you have a tech background. How'd you get started with your agency? How long ago was it? And what was the process? Yeah, I, so I started, so when I started restaurant marketing, um, I actually started it with another gal. Um, she and I, uh, just went our separate ways. Um, and you know, the whole idea was I just loved taking photos of my food, just like anybody, I think, who like, <laughs> eventually transitioned to an iPhone, right? And so a lot of the years that I've spent being mentored, it's it's definitely been about like, how can you become an entrepreneur? Like, how can you really lean into your passions? And so I was like, I need to figure out a way to monetize this. And so she and I, we started this agency, um, which was named something else at the time. And, um, you know, just like anything, you start off really small, you work pretty much for free because it's about yeah. building your portfolio and showing people that you have an eye for these things. And, um, and so, yeah, I just, I just fell in love with it. You know, I was like, why am I always taking photos of my food? I mean, I must really like this. Right. And for some people, <laughs> you know, they, they, you know, people, they like art. Some people like art, like Picasso art. And some people, they, you know, they're into music. That's their art, right? My art is food. And so uh, since 2015, I've just been trying to figure out a way to sort of lean into that and and do it full time. So, yeah. And now here we are. No, that, that's awesome. Since 2015. And, you know, I think you're onto something with the food as art idea where, beauty is good for the soul and food is good for the soul and there's soul food. So I feel like there's some connection here, right? Like beautiful yeah. food has got to be really good for the soul. Yeah, it is. Um, beautiful food can be pretty expensive sometimes depending on where <laughs> you're eating. <laughs> um, I feel like the prettier the food, like the more expensive it gets, especially if you're going to like Michelin star restaurants, right? Yeah. But, but yeah, no, it, it definitely the things that people do with food and and I just think the industry overall, it's just it's such a it's such a hard industry. Like I'm not a chef, right? Like I I don't I'm not a food critic, I'm not a chef, right? I just I admire from afar like not from afar, I guess close up. And I think I just have so much admiration and respect for people who decide to be chefs and like just get into this industry yeah. because it's a really hard industry to have a business in. Right. So, yeah, yeah, the whole it encompasses a lot of things that I. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I'm really curious. I mean, so first off, congratulations on making it through shutdown time and pandemic times, because I imagine that was really tough on the restaurant marketing business. Yeah, no, it absolutely was. I think, um, you know, for us, it was great just because it it was kind of a launching, it was like a launch pad for us in a lot of instances, just because especially in California, there were just a lot of, there were just a lot of restaurants that could only lean on delivery as a way to get their services out, right? Uh, yeah. out. And so given that I have an extensive delivery background, I'd already been in the industry for quite some time. Yeah. It was great for us because 
immediately it was like, now, you know, there was this serious need to market, right? And not yes. only just market, yep. but market in a smart way. Um, not that you're not trying to market in a smart way all the time, but it just, it was just much more of a strategic play than, it, than just, you know, food photos or, you know, graphics. So yeah, it was good for us. No, that makes total sense. And what does a deal or an average client look like for restaurant marketing? Because it sounds like you have, are the halal guys a franchise? Are they franchisors or are they all corporate stores? Yeah, and they're franchised. Um, the halal guys are, they're franchised. And um, I'm actually not sure what the makeup is. So sometimes when you deal with larger companies that have several units, so for instance, I don't work with these people personally, but I, I did for a brief moment when I worked at Postmates is uh, Panda Express. The family who started yeah. Panda Express, they own all of them. They, it, it is not franchised. Yep. The family owns them all. Yep. Whereas Yogurtland and the Halal guys, they could potentially have some corporate stores that own, like leadership owns, but the rest of them are mm -hmm. licensed. Yeah, the rest of them are licensed. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure what their makeup is, um, but yes, they are franchised. And then do you have restaurants that are just like one-off, you know, so standalone locations that are only, uh, they're a local restaurant or something that you all also market for? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually located in an area of Orange County called uh, the Plaza, or as a lot of people call it, the Orange Circle, which is this really quaint town-like area that's, I would say, maybe a 10-minute walk from Chapman University. Um, and so right outside my window, I have a client. Um, his name is uh, Mike Flynn, and uh, he runs a really unique restaurant called OC. So the word O and then the word C, S-E-A. Um, oh, okay. So super, yeah, super creative, really heavy influence on, you know, fresh fish and funky wines and um, amazing oysters. So we definitely have, I would say, a hodgepodge of different types of concepts in our portfolio, just because I don't ever want the agency to be deemed as this agency that only works with these really high multi-unit type um, type restaurants, right? Like I think I think our creativity yeah. can span across all all versions of a restaurant, and so for those reasons, we absolutely take on you know mom and pop here and there, um, you know one unit type restaurants, things like that. Yeah, I will say the upside to restaurants is there are so many in the U.S., right, where I feel like as you all are building this portfolio and starting to expand, like it's really exciting to think of how your growth can explode just with so many restaurants being out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and everybody has to eat. Right. And so uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's, it's a great it's a great niche to be in, um, I think. Yeah. Um, so to your point, absolutely. Tons of opportunity. No, no doubt. Um, right. But with that and going out of state comes, you know, how do you expand your team? Right. Who do you add to the team? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when you're traveling so much, especially like as an owner and you're out of the office, right. Less time to mentor people. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff that when you're out of the office, you get taken away from. And so, I'm hoping in the next 
couple years of expansion, we'll, we will start brand, branching out of Orange County. Not that we can't now. It's just I'm a very, really big proponent of like being prepared for those types of things. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's really interesting, too. So, you know, when I think of digital marketing services or um, general agency work, then I don't necessarily think it's leaving the office to go to the customer. But you're saying you all do a lot in person with customers. Yeah, I mean, I I definitely I mean, yeah, we have video shoots. Right. I mean, of course, graphic design and things like that. Um just like the brainstorming and what have you, that collaboration, we don't need to leave the office, right? Um, And in fact, we have, you know, we have employees that are out of the office. We have, you know, one in Chicago. So it's, it's, it's not like people physically need to be here. Um, But when it comes to photo shoots and photo shoots and and getting video and what have you, right, that that's like essential. We we have to go there. Um, And so, and I think for me, I like, I like meeting with my clients. I like seeing them. Um, I just think that I just think it's a personable touch that not a lot of, I think a lot of people are just so used to the way of the world as it relates to like the pandemic and, and, you know, conversing over zoom. And I just think that there's a, there's something special about meeting people in person and, you know, becoming almost friends with them. Right. Like, Yeah. let, I don't, I don't want to be perceived as transactional. I want to be perceived as a partner. Right. Mm. And it's really hard to do that over zoom all the time. Yeah. So, no, that makes sense. Yeah. And you know, that brings you to another question of like, what's the day in the life for you as the owner of restaurant marketing? What does a normal day look like for you? Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I work out, so <laughs> I try to get an early <laughs> workout in, if I'm being honest, um, usually between 6 and 7 a.m., um, just because it, it will not happen. It will not happen in the evening. I, I That's really real. give a lot of credit to people who do that. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'd love to tell you that I, you know, it's so interesting. I always see these memes about like, oh, what does an entrepreneur do? They journal and they do this or that. And I'm like, that's so cute because I literally don't do that <laughs> like ever. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I, I work out. I, I generally am, you know, I know what's on my calendar the night before. So I generally plan my day. But honestly, it's versatile. Like there's so much that goes on, you know, between a photo shoot, um, building a new website, right? Looking at photos that we just took from the week before, meeting with clients. So it's 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 certainly not a you know my day to day is always different. It's always different. Yeah. Um, and some you know some nights are later than others, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it it sounds like you're involved in a lot of the pieces for fulfilling services for clients like if you're you're reviewing photos i imagine you're doing most of the sales is that right yeah i i am um i would say you know it's just so interesting because i the majority of my career has been in marketing um but i have traveled out into the sales world here once or twice and at really good companies yeah. too like i was in sales when i worked at a company called salesforce and i feel like <laughs> little, it, little company little company sometimes people don't know who they are so i have to say that um but yeah no i feel like they have such an incredible sales program and i just as much as i loved using salesforce and i knew so much about it i didn't love selling it 
Um, but I would mm. say that my own industry, I love talking about food. I, I like, I just, I love it, you know? And so I think I'm really good at it. Um, and so it's kind of a piece of the company I've kept close to the chest because, you know, right. Like that's part of the benefit of being an entrepreneur. Like you get to pick and choose the things you want to keep, the things that you're passionate yeah. about. And, you know, you, you stay involved in the other things, but you let other people handle what they're passionate about. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's, it's totally true. I think that I had to work on not just thinking, oh, I don't like doing that thing. So no one would like doing that thing. Right. So what, the thing I hate doing, there is someone who is like, oh my gosh, I love doing this repetitive, very formulaic. Like, I love doing these things. It, it sounds great to me. No, I totally find me a nice pick. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for instance, we have a copywriter. Her name's Carolyn. She loves writing copy. She loves it, you know? And I'm like, great, because I don't. (laughs) Here you go. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's just fascinating, right? Like you and I think that also, you know, I think that employees are much happier when you base their jobs off of like the things they like versus just hiring them and giving them like giving them things that they don't really care about. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. And looking at the time, it's a perfect moment for a mid roll. So this episode is brought to you by agency hacker. We do coaching for agencies that are going from six to seven figures and they're trying to figure out how to do it with less stress and want to talk to coaches that have done it. We grew an agency from zero to 3 million and did it in a way that we all have hair and still sanity. So if you're interested, any listeners can go to agencyhacker.io and learn more about the agency hacker coaching. Um, yeah, so I think, Jessica, that it's really fascinating just to hear how you've embraced your passion on the food side and how it's morphed into a business that it seems like you really love. I also think there's always like the next thing we're trying to grow into, right? I feel like God doesn't just keep us in the same place, but there's always another place of growth. So what are you, what's the the thing you all are trying to grow in at restaurant marketing right now? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest hurdles for us right now, or I wouldn't even say hurdles, but I mean, right. I think change is a difficult thing for everybody. And so I think you add more team members, there's a lot of change. Um, when you have to start exploring different ways of marketing, for instance, TikTok, right? Um, mm-hmm. Not sure how much reading you've done on that recently, if at all, but like, right, I have to read about it all the time. And so now it's like you have yeah. me coming in and they use TikTok more than they use Google, which is fascinating, right? Because whoever yeah. gives Google a run for their money? I'm pretty sure Microsoft tried to do like Bing at one point and, you know, you have like Safari, yeah. but like, no, like, the verb is to Google it, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, just being able to transition to te- the team uh, into thinking more about video first, right? Um, transitioning the team with new bodies in, in the office, right? And personalities and the ability to collaborate. I think that's kind of the, the first two things. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you know, I'd love to be more nationwide, right? And I know that that is a very loaded goal because there's so many things that go into you becoming nationwide. Um, But I would say that is the three to four year goal. Um, And, you know, getting there requires good work, 
right? You don't get big clients if you're not producing good work. And so I think for me, that's really the focus, right? Producing good work, making sure we're hiring great people, you know, in order for us to accomplish that three to four year goal. No, that makes total sense. And when you talk about being nationwide, are you saying nationwide with like multi-unit brands or nationwide like, hey, we have uh, one location, really excited, um, just creative restaurateur that you're working with, but now they're in Virginia instead of in California. So you've spanned the nation or what does that mean for you? Yeah, I would love to have, you know, clients and obviously other parts of the nation. I mean, that's one, I would say, uh, explanation of what I mean, but I'd also love to have a couple different offices in different areas too. Um, okay. Yeah, I would like to do that. Um, you know, because I think, again, one of the things that we bring to the table that I don't think a lot of agencies focus on is just like that personable interaction. And so, right, like I'm not going to be able to be in Texas and, and New York at the same time. Right. But I do think that sounds where, right. Yeah. Yeah. Where it makes sense. It's like it might make sense to build small teams so that these people feel or these restaurants, right, uh, groups or individuals, they feel very well taken care of. Um and so that's what I mean. Those two things would be ideal, would be great. Okay. I I was thinking that you were talking about clients nationwide, but really you're talking about nationwide team, multiple offices. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. And so you mentioned that you do a lot of your client generation through networking or relationships that you already had right now. How is it going to look to expand nationwide in and add the clients because I feel like clients usually come first and then you say, okay, we've got a need in this area. Let's add an office or, or maybe that's not how you guys are thinking of doing things. Yeah. I think it, it, it actually probably would be that way. Um, you know, we definitely want to go where the work is. Um, I mean, it would be awesome to have a, for instance, a, a, an office in New York, right? I mean, New York in a lot of instances is the Mecca of restaurants, right? Um, I think yeah. Francisco, right. There's a lot of, there's a lot of emphasis with them being so close to Napa, right? You have the city and then you have Napa. Um, there's a lot of emphasis around culinary there. Um, Chicago, Chicago would be great. I mean, I would say probably most of the metropolitan cities would make the most sense. Um, not to say that we wouldn't work with anyone, you know, outside of that. That absolutely is not true. But um, I think if it's a matter of going where the opportunity is, I would say that those cities have the most. Yeah, that makes sense. Just a high concentration. And uh, I guess on the customer acquisition side, it's always fascinating to hear how people, when they've gone to their network and gotten, um, I mean, networks grow, right? But where they say, okay, I'm ready to bring in another two or three or four folks that are going to do sales with us. Um, what, What's the strategy for restaurant marketing on acquiring new customers? It's always just fun to hear about. You know, I, um, my big thing is I would love to make sure that our, our website is the main source of our revenue, like source, right? And so that's part of the reason why I picked restaurant marketing is because from a search engine optimization, optimization standpoint, it that's yeah. what they search for, right? They search for restaurant yeah. marketing in Texas and New York or wh wherever they live. 
And so that was sort of the thought process around that. And so our biggest goal as far as acquiring new business is to turn that into a, a you know, lead machine, basically. And so far, um, it has it has garnered us quite a few leads. Um, one in particular that the, that the site generated was um, a... Uh, an American barbecue concept called Wood Ranch, which is really, uh, which is really popular to, here down south, um, and they originated uh, in the Los Angeles kind of county area. And so we're redoing their website right now, and that was all through the site. So not to say we haven't gotten smaller clients from it, we have, but to me, that's that's where our main focus is. Um, and you know, I I think I think there is a level of sales that will require hitting the pavement at some point, but it's just, it's much more strategic, right? Like the times that I've hit the pavement to bring on a client that I'm interested in working in, like I've gone and eaten at their restaurant multiple times before I even reach out to them. And part of that is because I want to work with restaurants where A, I would actually eat there, right? Um, mm. I think that's really important, right? Because that plays into the passion, right? I mean, if you don't believe in the concept and you don't believe in the food, then you don't really, or the brand for that matter, right? Like then you're, you're not really going to market it to the best of your ability. You're just not going to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think there will be a need for people to hit the pavement. It will just, it'll just have to be very strategic in how they do that. Like cold calling is not a thing in my industry. Like we're not going to just cold call a bunch of restaurants and be like, Hey, you know, this is not going to happen. Right. So the traditional way of, of doing sales, right. Is it just not, it doesn't work in my, in my opinion. It doesn't work in this industry. That's so interesting. I, why doesn't cold calling work? I've never worked in the restaurant industry. Yeah. I mean, for so many reasons, right? Number one, if you call a restaurant outright, the person who's answering it is likely going to be a host. They're not a decision maker, mm -hmm. right? They're not, yeah. we're certainly not going to pass your information on to, right? The general manager, which is right. The person who is the liaison between the owner in a lot of instances, right? Unless you're a huge restaurant yeah. tour group. Um, yeah, so yeah. It's, just, it's almost a waste of time. Um, who I, I, it's not, it's not like a business where you have several different departments and you can search for them on LinkedIn. Um, I think, I think finding people on LinkedIn is super valuable. I've, I've done that a couple times, um, where I've found the heads of restaurant groups or whatnot. And I actually think that's way more effective than just calling a restaurant outright. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that makes total sense. And I wonder if there's like, Sometimes we've seen with um, folks, even when we're prospecting our agency, that it's like getting the right person is the hardest piece, right? Because if you can get the right person and figure out who the owner is or who the person is, then yeah. And is the general manager usually the person who's going to make the decision to work with you all? Or do you, do you have to talk to the owners in general? It's usually the owners, right? I mean, it depends, uh, right? If you're talking about a single a single restaurant, um, yeah, it's going to be the owners. Um, if we're talking about large organizations like the Halal Guys or whomever, right, they usually have a C-suite. They're, they're enormous. So they have yeah. these levels yeah. of people you sort of have to break through. Um, but even then, they're the ones, I mean, unless they have a really active marketing director, right, um, 
they might allow the marketing director to sort of sign off on that prior. Um, yeah. I mean, we have a client in the Inland Empire and um, their name is um, Archibalds and it's a small, it's a small chain right now. I think they're looking to franchise in the long term, but his, you know, the owner's right-hand man and their marketing director, they made the choice to hire us. So it's like, mm. which is between, um, but more often than not, it's usually the owners. Yes. That makes total sense. And so we've got, it's really cool to hear about the multi-office dream and, um, you know, how you guys are working on things now and the marketing plan. What are you learning right now? Or what are you like focused on? I feel like we always have some problem where it's like, ah, I'm watching YouTube videos or I'm reading articles or I don't know what it is for you, but yeah. what, are you, what are you working on learning right now? Yeah. I mean, I think the whole team is just working on learning TikTok, right? It is mm. something that, you know it's really just changed the way that we market in general or the way that we create content because everything is video and, and everything needs to be done within seven to 15 seconds. And so, right. It really kind yeah. of changes the way you have to put these things together. Um, and so I'd say, I wouldn't say it's like a challenge. I mean, I think we all think it's interesting and it's fun. Um, but yeah, there's absolutely a level, a learning curve. And I think the, I think, the biggest challenge, if there is one, is how present you have to be all the time on the apps. Because, I mean, you just cannot take your your eyes off your phone, right? And so I think that is, that's, that's the challenge. It's not learning how to cut video or learning how to keep track of the trends. It's learning like, okay, when do I put my phone down? When am I allowed to like mm. not pay attention to these things for 20 minutes because <laughs> there's a new trend, you know, it's just, it's, it's psychologically, I think that's the challenge. Um, mm. And I would, yeah, that's the biggest challenge right now because everybody needs a break. Right. Definitely. And yeah. so for me, it's like, I'm married, right? And and I I I mean my, my husband and I we both have very demanding careers and while I'm so grateful, you know, I would love to just put my phone down for a day, like 24 hours. Yeah. And just not yeah. go in my phone, but given the way of the world and the direction that everything is going in, it's almost impossible. Right? So finding yeah. that balance between like real life and your work in this case, because we've chosen to be in social media is difficult. It's really difficult. Yeah. And I feel like it's the perpetual struggle of a business owner because it's like, there's needs that I know I should be taken care of as quickly as possible. And how do I, for some people, it's like, I'm on call for my clients all the time. For other people, it's like, I'm on call for their social media all the time. With right. TikTok for you all, is it, you know, is it that you have, um, you have to keep up with the trends or like, what, what is it that makes you have to stay on TikTok as much? Well, it's actually TikTok and Instagram because Instagram is also like fighting for market share at this point because yeah, TikTok definitely. is just taking over. And so now you go on Instagram and it's like, if you don't post a video, like nobody sees it. <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's an yeah. exaggeration, but it's true, right? It's just like, no, they want their, 
they're like punishing you for not posting videos, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, like with, with TikTok and, and whatnot, I just feel like people at the agency, it's not that we have to be on it 24 seven, but it's just, we definitely have to be on it every day. Right. And with mm -hmm. Instagram, it's a just a, it used to be this very highly curated, you know, tiles and feed. And so you could create these really awesome images, right. In a studio or whatnot, and it would be great. And now it's like, well, our job is to create content that is going to increase reach, views, impressions. And so if we're not on it and up to date all the time, we're not actually doing our job. Yeah. Right. And no, so it's just difficult. It's difficult to take a break. Right. Because then it's like, yeah. well, why didn't I know about this trend? Why didn't you tell us? Right. So it just becomes like a love hate relationship. <laughs> Sadly. I can totally see it. Yeah. I can totally see it. It makes, it makes complete sense because like you said, you're like, yeah, I'm a business owner, but I also have a life and it, sure. it's, it's hard to not be able to disconnect. It is. And you know, at the end of the day, I, somebody told me one time when I, when I, when I was about to embark on this journey of hiring people, right? Because for a long time it was just me. They said, nobody's going to care about your business more than you do. And that really stuck with me because they're right. Like I will stay up until 3 a.m. Like they're, you know what I mean? But I can't expect other people to do that. And so I think, you know, what also, what also makes it a bit complicated is like, I, I want the people who work for me to not work on the weekends and they don't, you know, they don't, unless we have to do a photo shoot on Saturday or something, which very rarely happens. I just, and I have to tell my clients, like they're not accessible on the weekends you guys want a graphic or something, I mean, luckily I know how to do almost every position in my business. So I could probably get it out for them, but you know, it's that too. It's burnout. Like I don't want the people working for me to be burnt out. I want them to be excited and yeah, causes burnout, you know? So. Yeah. No, I, it's funny too, because it's like, we care so much about our employees and we care so much about our clients. And sometimes it's almost like we don't care enough about ourselves and yeah. we can burn out because it's, it's just hard to turn things off and move on. So I, I can really appreciate what you're saying where it's, it's like, I know what's good for everyone here and I'm going to take the hit and I'm going to put in the work. I'm going to make this happen So Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, I am that person. I mean, it's my name. It's, right? My reputation. So yeah, I'm going to take the hit every time if I have to, right? Like I, there's just no yeah. question. No question. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, what things, you know, and this could be a recent resource that you've gone through for TikTok or just learning in general, any recommendations from something you've read, listened to, uh, influencer you follow that's helped you with your business over the last 12 months? Yeah. You know, uh, there's a couple of things. I think one of the one of the things that business owners are always thinking about is how to automate more. Um, and so for me, you know, I, I, I obviously spend a lot of time on proposals and things like that. And so I've recently uh, transitioned to a, more of an automated process as it relates to proposals and 
you know, sending those things out digitally and, and being able to update those in real time. So when you update it, you know, the client sees it immediately and you're not just like going back and forth and pushing paper digitally, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's been huge. Um, uh, I think another, I know that's kind of boring, by the way. It's like, ooh, a proposal. <laughs> Automation. I think it's exciting for people who work on proposals all the time because you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, proposals yeah. are like the lifeblood of our business. So totally, no, you're in the right spot. It's like, I'm like, oh my God. And then they'll be like, can you change this? Can you change that? I'm like, oh, I just, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so like, how do I get myself out of Adobe Illustrator, which is what we used to do a lot. You know, we're super sophisticated over here, right? Um, so really, it was just kind of like a waste of time. I mean, not a waste of time, but it was a time suck, right? Um, yeah. So I recently, and I actually, I I actually found this resource out from another agency. So I think having those huh. types of, yeah, having those types of conversations is actually much more beneficial um, from one, one agency owner to another. Those have been more beneficial for me um, versus, you know, there are some influencers out there who do a really good job at staying on top of like TikTok trends and and so I think that I don't know the influencers offhand, so I apologize. I don't remember their names. That's okay. That really, yeah, that's no been really helpful. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that 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 you know that's about that's about it. You know, for now, it, it's just our systems have been haven't really changed much, and I don't really have a need for a CRM system, right? Like some people, they need that. I I don't. Not yet, anyway. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's fascinating just to see where different agency owners learn from, because I feel like, as you said, you know, part of the idea is to have this be a distributed conversation. So other agency owners, they give it a list and they're like, oh, yeah, this is helpful. I wouldn't have thought of that. Like, wow, I need to work on my proposal thing. So thanks for sharing that. I don't think it was boring at all. <laughs> that was, that's great. Because, you know, God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Jessica, this has been great. If people wanted to learn more about you or restaurant marketing, then how could they get in touch? What's the best way to reach out? Yeah, uh, the best way to reach out would be to email me. Um, I'm on email all the time, which I'm sure is not surprising. Um, so they can email me at jess at restaurantmarketing.com. Um, and yeah, you know, if they have questions or, you know, they're also an aspiring, you know, potential agency owner, happy to just sort of, sort of share any of my life experiences. Um, yeah, I'm an open book really. So anyone who wants to reach out. No, thanks for that. And anything you want to leave your fellow agency owners with any last piece of advice or parting thoughts? Yeah, no. Um, it's really tough, but one of the things, this kind of funny, but one of the things I always tell people, because one of the biggest, one of the, I think, hardest challenges in my industry too, is finding really, really good graphic designers. Mm-hmm. Everyone always says like the, oh, the market's super saturated. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but not everybody has a good eye. Right. Um, and so one of the things I always tell agency owners who are in the, maybe not the same vertical, but in the same industry is we're not creating Picasso's. Like there shouldn't be any emotional attachment to these things because it's just food. Yeah. Like it's just food, right? 
Um, and so that's what I would say. I would say, you know, if you have any emotional attachments to the, to the things that you're creating, you should try really hard not to. <laughs> mm. It's, it's hard for some of us to hear because we can get attached to our own ideas, but that is wisdom. That is definite wisdom. Yeah. So, I mean, it just saves you a lot of heartache. It saves you a lot of time too. Lots of time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, Jess, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been a real joy to have you. And uh, for any agency owners that are in that kind of traction phase, the 600,000 to a million, we'd love to have you on the show. Um, go to the agencyhacker.io website and there's a be a guest form that you can fill out and we'd love to have you. So thanks for coming, Jess, and looking forward to having you on next year and seeing what states or countries restaurant marketing's in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. I can't wait.